0: What's up guys, welcome to the Life Change Podcast where we study the scripture and discuss life and our walk with Christ. I'm your host Quentin, let's get started. Alright, so we are on Romans chapter five and one of the things that we've been talking about is previously and what Paul has been talking about is this whole idea of you know, works-based faith versus um, Uh, faith turning into our obedience and to Christ and um, and he talks about last chapter how Abraham was considered righteous because of his faith not because of his works and Paul is making that distinction and it's really important that we understand uh, the difference there because too many times in our life we think it's about everything that we can do can we do this can we do this well enough and And really we can't, Um, we're never going to be good enough, Um, we're never going to be perfect enough to earn our salvation, and that's what Paul is talking about. And so chapter 5 is picking up right where he left off, and starting in verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand, And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces um, proven character. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit um, who was given to us. Man, that's... that section right there is like just this part where paul is just rejoicing in the goodness of what it means to follow christ and he's he's piggybacking that off of hey you cannot work to earn your salvation and so when he talks about this it's like hey this is a free gift of grace that's given to us and guess what all of what you get you get all of these benefits for following christ accepting the gift of salvation and his grace And he talks about having peace with God, gaining access to God, having hope for what's to come, even through affliction, you know, having God's love and the gift of the Holy Spirit and all of these things are awesome. Like think about the power that we have that God lives inside of us when we accept him. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the God who created everything, who created and knows all things lives inside of us. Like, that is a huge benefit, or the peace, the everlasting peace that God brings in our life. Man, what a what a good thing that we have, right? In the hope of what's to come, even through the hard times, even through the afflictions, we have hope for the future. We have hoped for what is to come in our life, at the end of our life, an eternal life with Him. Like, these are all beautiful things about following Christ. And I think Paul started off this way, because, like many of us today, I think when we get in this mode of, man, it's all about how good I can be. It's about how perfect I can be. And we start to lose sight of, man, how good is God? How good God is and how bad we are. And He saved us from this broken life. And He moved us from death into life. And that's something that we should rejoice. And it shouldn't feel like a job or a... A to-do list or a checklist every day walking with Christ and so Paul is reminding them like hey this is the goodness of being with God and have a relationship with God so I think it's important in our life too right because we do the same thing we get trapped in that lifestyle or rut of just doing all the Christian things to get to say we're a Christian but we almost do all the Christian things without the power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness that comes with being a Christian. We forget about all that. And let me tell you from experience, man, this is an exhausting way to live. I've lived this way where it's just, all it is is you try and try and try and try and try try to do the right things, like reading your Bible three times a day or three chapters a day having a structured prayer that sounds a certain way and that you're saying the right things and you, you've got to say the right kind of prayer or God's not going to listen. And don't forget about your journal and much less how you're supposed to journal. And you know, you better be in a small group and serve at a church in three different areas so people don't think something's wrong or and for sure don't go down to the altar because then people are going to think you have a sin problem. Like it never ends. That kind of life, never ends. And that is not a fulfilled life that God wants us to live and a satisfied life in him, right? So Paul is reminding them about, guys, you're, you guys are focusing all on the wrong things. Like, remember the goodness of God and his peace and the hope and the love and the gift of the Holy Spirit and being able to rest. Man, that's, that's the goodness of God. And in my own life, I'm still trying to learn this, right? It's, I mean, even in, in my life right now, like there, it just seems like things are just constantly like, what can I do better? What can I drive better? What can I, like, I've I'm always this personality that's just driving for something, the next thing, right? What am I gonna tackle next? What problem am I gonna solve next? And and it's just it can be exhausting. And in this life, we have to learn, and I have to learn, and God is teaching me this that, and we have freedom and grace and we have to be able to rest. And when we rest and we be still with God, that's when our life begins to change, right? And that's what, that's what God wants. He wants us to be with Him, not worry about all the other distractions or what other, other people think, and just know that God is, when we, when we live with the perspective of how Paul opens this in the first five verses, God is gonna begin to work on our hearts and change certain things that that list of Christian things that we're supposed to do become natural. They become enjoyable. They become something that you look forward to and and less of a to-do list or a checkbox that you have to cross off. And that's the beautiful thing about a relationship with Christ is that it's always changing and hopefully for the better, right? God is changing us along the way. And so I think that's, that's why Paul opens Romans chapter 5 that way. It's just a reminder, and it's a good reminder for us and me that, man, like, hey, slow down. Quit worrying about doing everything perfectly. Man, just just have a relationship with me. You know what that means? That means we've got to be honest with God. We've got to be open with God, and He's wanting us to, to live that way. And so let's move on to verses six through eight, we're going to start talking about how those that are declared righteous are reconciled, right? They're brought into the right relationship with Christ. And so let's read. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's one of my favorite verses that Romans 5:8. you know, knowing that in all of my brokenness and all of my sin and when I was God's enemy, when I was Christ's enemy, because I, I was full of sin, right? And he can't be... He can't be near sin. His wrath is upon sin. Like, I deserved his wrath. I deserved the punishment. Even though I was an enemy of God and even though I was a sinner, Christ died for me. And th- this is how we know Christ loves us, right? This is how we know that Christ is going to continue to love us even when we have to deal with our sin and and try and learn how to live without our sin and, and just begin to walk in his love and in his presence and that's how we know that God's going to continue to love us, is that and we were the worst of the worst, God died, Christ died for us. And so, I man, have you ever really truly thought about laying down your life for someone else? I mean, I think, I think that would really be hard. Like, I, I want you to really imagine it. Like, your life is literally on the line for someone else. Do you have someone in your life that you would be like, all right, I'm stepping in I'm gonna take the place All right a lot of situations don't happen that way you know but like would you really lay down your life for somebody think about now okay so now think about sacrificing your life for somebody that you hate your enemy like somebody that is so against you somebody that you just cannot stand stand to be around would you get your give your life for them it's like like that's way even less likely, right? It's there's no way, man. Life is so precious to us, and we we have such a will to want to live, right? That it's hard to just give our life up, especially for somebody that we don't even like. Um, and that is the goodness of God for you. Like even when we were His enemy, even when He we were far from Him, He died for us. And so that, that we need to hold on to that truth. That God loves us that much. Let's go on in, in verse 9 through 11. How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more having been reconciled will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Again, he's going back to that rejoicing, right? Because of all of this, because we've been reconciled, because he died for us, even when we were sinners and we were far from him, like we can rejoice. Like this is, sometimes I think in this life and and walking with, with Christ and just being a Christian, in our culture, it's just like, it's so boring, man. People just think that, Christians don't know how to have fun, right? But no, like we can rejoice. We should be the ones that you know have the hope for the future that no matter what comes our way, like we read in the first 5 verses, the afflictions in our life, no matter what is going on, we have reason to have joy, to be rejoicing, to live life happy, right? And and no our situation is not all going to always going to be perfect, right? We're going to have afflictions. Like we're going to have bad things happen. But we have a reason to rejoice. And that's what Paul is reminding them there. Going on to this last, like half of this chapter, 12 through 21, he kind of shifts gears here. And um, he starts to to close his talk about justification and faith and, and coming to Christ and rejoicing. And he starts to talk about this analogy between Adam and Christ. We're talking like Adam, Adam and Eve, Adam. Um... And so he begins to explain how both men, Adam and Christ, Jesus Christ, affected all people. Adam brought death and sin to all people, and Christ brought life and grace to all people. And so, man, it's just, when I read this, it just reminds me how awesome God's story is. Just the story of, this perfect story from beginning to end, of the Bible just how perfectly the story works and, and how beautifully it's designed. and it so, It's so crazy to me. And so let's read um, 12 through 14. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law. But sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. Okay, so what's going on here? Why is this important? Here's what we're learning here. We learn that all people enter into a world full of sin and that each person is born spiritually dead. Each person is born spiritually dead because Adam affected his sin affected those that would follow him the rest of the world sin entered the world and now our lives are tainted by sin right it's just it is something that is is here from from day 1 we are we we are sinful our nature is sinful which means we are spiritually dead so Adam's sin has this kind of effect on people because It says that he was a type of the coming one, which is Christ. Okay, now let's go on. See, like that's, I mean, obviously that's really bad news, right? Okay, so we have this huge problem. We're all sinful. We all are spiritually dead. Now we read in verse 15 through 17. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass, the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. Since by the one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace And the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, so here's the good news, right? We have this huge problem of sin because Adam, you know, sinned and sin entered the world and we're spiritually dead. We're born spiritually dead. But the good news is the gift of grace given by Christ is to all people, meaning that we can pass from death into life and live a fulfilled life in relationship with Christ and like we that's like what we talked about in the first five verses. Right? That's the good news of the gospel that even though we have this problem, God is giving us a way to be restored to him through Christ Jesus in his sacrifice. In verse 18 through 21 to finish the chapter. So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act, there is justification, justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This section, the topic where it talks about like one man's sin affected everybody else, it actually reminds me of elementary school. Like you remember back in the day how a teacher's threat would be: Alright, class, if one person misbehaves, then I'm turning the movie off for everybody, or I'm shortening re- recess for everybody, or we're gonna we're gonna have not have an activity or, or whatever. Like, if one person messes this up, the whole class is gonna pay. And that's kind of how this life is, right? One person messed up. How is it fair that the rest of us have to deal with this sin problem? Well, the reason why it's fair is because God made a way for us to go from death and sin into a life of eternal life with him. So, like even though it seems unfair that, man, this one goofball messed it up for the whole class, where it's different than that is that in the same way, or actually in a different way, like he gave us us a way to walk out of that and not face that punishment. And so what I want to say, before we say that it's unfair that Adam did this for everybody, first off, there's a couple things that we're implying. One of them is that we think that we could have done better. I mean, let's be honest with, with each other. Like, we probably wouldn't have done better than Adam, right? And second is that we have to remember that God is sovereign, and what is what that means is God is in control of everything. He has a plan, and although Adam messed up and it affected others, because of God's sovereignty, sovereignty, he had a plan of restoration and salvation through Christ, through his death on the cross and his resurrection to life, so that those that accept him can go pass from death to life. And so no one can say it wasn't fair because Adam did the sin and I didn't because we probably would have done the same and Christ made a way. So he gave us the gift of eternal life and it's our choice to accept it. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed this um, in Romans 5. Um, I will be back next week and we will talk about Romans 6. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening.